But I can tell when it's pastor giving instruction, pastor giving teaching, pastor giving, uh, you know, encouragement. And there's been a separation that where it's like you could, on the inside, you got to make that difference, make that check. Like, okay, all right, this ain't mom and dad talking. I know this is hitting home. This is this is God speaking through them to me right now. But um, but they are constantly, constantly going, constantly just on fire. Just it's so, it's so awesome. That's not just for them. That's so I can, I, we, I, we can look to see the example that God's put in them. Amen. We're not going to be shaped and ironed perfectly cookie crisp the same as them. But what the, the fire that they have on the inside, we can take hold of. You know what, God, I want that same, that same energy, that same level of energy that they walk around with, that they're going around with, being stirred constantly, being uh, just on fire for you, Lord. That I want that same passion. Amen? Amen. Because it's, it's, it's electric. It's, 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 uh, it's so, um, man, it's, it's awesome. It spreads. Amen? It either spreads or it just rubs the wrong way. But listen, if you could get out of the flesh and get into the spirit and just allow, you know, put down pride, put down any, you know, any uh, thoughts, negative thoughts or anything like that, but just allow the, just the, that passion to be caught. Catch the passion. Amen. Catch the fire. Catch what God is doing. They've placed themselves, and this is what's so encouraging about our pastors. They continually put themselves in position to hear from God. They're continually putting themselves in position to allow God to speak to them, to lead them, to guide them, and to speak through them. Amen? And they're faithful to that. Amen? That's a great example that we have. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you would, let, let's, just, uh, let's just open in prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are just so awesome to us, Father God. That you are a good, good Father. I thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father God, that you speak to us in so many awesome ways. That you give us the Holy Ghost on the inside. That you give us each other, brothers and sisters in the Lord, to help to shape and encourage each other. To help to prod each other. To encourage each other into the things of God. I thank you, Father, that you speak to us through your word. And that as we're, that as we're digging into your word right now, that, Father God, that you would... Open up our eyes to see. Open up our ears to hear. Holy Spirit, would you have your way this morning? Help us, Holy Spirit. We lay down our pride. We lay down any, any, uh, anything that we are putting up as what we're expect- exp- expecting, our expectations. We lay them aside. Holy Spirit, that you would just have your way with us this morning. Speak to our hearts. We thank you that you're here to help, counsel, 
lead, guide us, bring reproof where there's need where reproof is needed. Correction. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here, that you, God, are here to minister to us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. If you would, if you would turn to 2 Corinthians in chapter 6. I don't recall um, who all was in here. Um, I had a while back uh, had ministered and I was talking about uh, Paul the Apostle. And just the crazy road that Paul had gone through from being so hardcore against Christians. Hardcore against Christians and, uh, you know, just out to destroy anybody that was following the way, the way of Christ. Amen. So hard pressed against that, that new move that was happening. Christ now... Uh, that whole, his presence being on earth and followers just change, uh, just chasing after him and people turning their faith towards him. And it was just like, just on, just crazy how many followers were coming to follow Jesus. And Paul being so hard pressed against that was doing anything possible to keep people from following Christ, following this man, Jesus. And Paul was so, 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 uh, if I, adamant, intense against the Christian doctrine or against Christian believers. And it's so amazing how that whole process had taken place and God met Paul in which we know on the road to Damascus, right? And God showed himself, not just God, Jesus himself showed himself real to Paul. And such a magnificent, there's just a, a, a total revolution in Paul's mind, his heart, his whole life transformed because of that experience. Because everything that he believed, according to the doctrine and everything else, what the, the the Jews had perceived was that this could not be who they were looking for. But Paul's eyes were completely open when Jesus met him where he was at. Amen? So Paul's life was totally revolutionized. And in that moment, I'm using this just for, just to, if I could, just a, a foundation for where we're going. Paul's life was completely changed. And now he was having a new experience, a new life in Christ. Totally revolutionized. Influenced by the Holy Ghost. Driven by the the passion and the fire of now the reality of what he now sees and who Christ is. And Paul's so driven on the inside, so passionate. And I'm saying all this because... I believe that we need to tap into this, into, into 
receiving from the Holy Ghost, receiving from God, fire on the inside that, that is burning so bright, so burning so uh, uh, wild on the inside that we become so passionate about who Christ is. That passion, Paul went from place to place to place and traveled and traveled. What was his purpose? Was to let everybody know about this experience that he had in meeting Jesus. And Paul was so passionate. Everywhere he went, he was there to tell people about the good news of who Jesus Christ is. That Jesus is alive. That Jesus did, is not just this man that just you know, died and that was it, he's done. But that Jesus is alive. And so Paul was passionate and, and preaching this and teaching this. And, and we know him as the apostle that has, was going through and establishing uh, churches and establishing groups and believers and putting in place people to follow up and to, to be there to teach, to help to encourage and to continue on in the faith. But Paul was, he was so passionate and on fire. We see the passion and the fire through the examples that we read in the word of God. Paul refers to old time scripture and old time prophecies, and there's things that are, you know, are in his writings. But Paul was passionate. He was on fire and wrote letters to these places where he had visited and where he was going back to visit. And he was so passionate about what? About seeing people's lives changed according to who Christ is. Not according to any rules or regulations anymore but according to freedom in the spirit of God. And he was so passionate about letting people know of, of, of who they are in Christ and how they should live now that they're in Christ. And that there should be a transformation in who they, in, in the appearance and in and, and their character and in their, in their dealings with other believers But Paul was passionate, and those letters came out of passion. Those letters came out of that indwelling working of the Holy Ghost, leading him with passion to tell the people about Christ, about their new life in Christ. Amen? So Paul visits this place in Corinth, and we see Paul goes there, and he's... he's, preaching the gospel and he's teaching the people and, and Paul goes through and, and is a, spending time. They estimate that Paul spent about 18 months roughly on that first journey in Corinth, 18 months long of pouring out day after day, after day, after day, after day, after day, after day, establishing godly principles, godly foundation, godly preaching, Preaching the word, allowing the Holy Ghost to preach through him, allowing the Holy Spirit to touch people's lives, demonstrations of the Holy Ghost, uh, healings, miracles, signs, wonders, and things that were unfolding. Why? Because of this passion that was on the inside that Paul could not hold back anymore. Amen? Or he never did hold back. Paul just went. Paul was preaching, 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 preaching. But 18 months and we see at that time of 1 Corinthians, Paul was there for 18 months, estimated according to you know, those that, that have followed the, the, the time frame of his time there. 18 months, day, day after day after day after day. 
So Paul goes through and there's an establishment. Based on what? Based on what God has spoken to him. Based on that, that experience that he had, that encounter that he had with Jesus. If we're having issues, and I'm just throwing this out there, if we're having moral issues, if we're having issues with our flesh, we need an encounter with Jesus Christ. If there's things that are holding us and, and we feel like that we're ha- we have those issues, we need an encounter. Amen? An encounter with Jesus, not just a simple prayer and, uh, you know, we need a personal encounter with, with our Savior that will bring change that's needed so that we're no longer living like the world. That's what happened with Paul. And when Paul's life was changed and he allowed himself to, to, to receive because he could have heard Jesus speaking to him and totally denied it and walked away. But he chose to follow after Christ. Amen. So we may have an encounter. We may have a moment where the Holy Ghost is leading us and speaking to us. What are we doing with it? Are we choosing, are we choosing to, to listen, have an ear to hear, and accept it as truth? Or are we just denying it? God leads us into righteousness. God leads us into holiness. Amen? So if it's the Holy Ghost speaking to us, he's going to lead us into holy things. He's going to lead us into righteous things, things that are of Christ. Amen? But Paul was passionate, preaching, 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 teaching, teaching, teaching. Laid foundation, a foundation, 18-month foundation. Could you imagine sitting underneath the Paul, hearing his teachings for 18 months straight, day after day? How, how, how powerful would that be in your life? How powerful? That would be amazing, awesome. So we see here, in, if we can, in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 6, you know, Paul is now at a point where Paul has left Corinth. He's traveling. He's written a letter again to them, and we see it as an epistle, and you can see that in... Uh, that would be uh, in Second uh, Corinthians in chapter 4. And I'll get the exact uh, verse for you. But Paul's written a, a letter. Now he's traveling back to Corinth. He's in Macedonia. And now he's writing this letter to them again. Second Corinthians, the epistle of Second Corinthians, which we're reading now. Okay. And Paul's now coming back to them. Paul's visited them between 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Paul's upset with something here. 18 months laboring day after day after day after day after day. Establishing. People following now Christ. People are living after according to the teaching that Paul had instructed and had taught. And in that time frame of 1 Corinthians to 2 Corinthians, Paul makes a visit. And now he's upset because he's seeing something. He's seeing people come in that are opposed against him. That are teaching false doctrines, teaching other things according to, the, you know, whether it's the Greek mythology or whatever the, the beliefs were at that time. Now rebelling against the teaching and instruction of, from Paul through the experience and also the word. 
rebelling against what Paul's preached, taught, and leading people to Christ. And Paul is mad. Amen? Second Corinthians in chapter 6, we're going to go here. I'll start here, verse 1. When then, as workers together with him also, plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. But in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience and tribulations and needs and distress and stripes and imprisonments in uh, tumults or tumults in labors in sleeplessness in fastings by purity, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness and the right hand and of, of and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by d- evil report and good report as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing all things. Paul's going on and he's talking about them coming out and pouring out in, into the this into the Corinth church. Amen. And he goes on, he says this, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be open. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Paul's now addressing the things that are taking place now. Why? Because of the false doctrines and the people that are trying to lead those that are believing in Christ away from the doctrine preached by Paul. Are you hearing this? Okay, I want to simply say this. There was an apparent division that was trying to be made that people and leaders that were not following Christ were coming in and trying to bring false doctrine to lead Christians away from the faith. Amen? So Paul's now addressing them, addressing the the church at Corinth, the believers, addressing them. Yo, guys... Stop being unequally yoked with the unbelievers. Paul knew this was important. Paul knew this was important so that they would not lose the salvation that was preached to them. That they wouldn't lose the teachings that were taught. Because of all the false doctrines, the false teaching, and everything that was coming in. There were, it was apparent and blatant that Paul was able to see what was taking place when he traveled back to Corinth and saw what was taking place. Yo, people of Corinth, believers in Corinth, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. 
Warning, 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 warning. Because Paul didn't want them to lose what was preached, what was taught, the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and through the Word of God. Why? Because there was something so powerful that God established through what? Through the preaching and the teaching. Amen? God was establishing his kingdom there in Corinth. And Paul didn't want that to be ripped, destroyed, stolen away from the people. Because they passionately turned towards Christ through the preaching. Now the warning's coming. Beware, beware, beware. Do not be unequally yoked with the unbelievers. Because there's something deceptive, there's something destructive that's taking place. And it's to take those that believe in Christ and take them away from the the faith that they believed in. Are you with me? For what fellowship has righteous with with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And God, God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God. And they shall be my people. A promise that was spoken. A promise now that is reminded by Paul from the scripture of old. Amen? Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. So what was happening and taking place is that there's the unrighteous movement that was taking place now in Corinth. Right? An unrighteous movement trying to steal Christians away from their their faith. Paul's saying, be separate. Don't be unequally yoked. Amen? Come on. And here we are again. This is verse 17. Therefore, come out from among them. Stop being with them. Stop being like them. Stop following their teachings. Stop being a part of who they are in this movement that they are bringing in. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Another promise given. Another promise that is being reminded, that Paul's reminding the people here of. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. What's the stipulation on this? Come out among them. Come out among the unrighteous. Come out from among those that are bringing this false doctrine and these false teachings and this this way of living, and now come into what's been taught, what's been preached, 
being in, in Christ and alive in him, living for him, passionate for him, holy livings, sacrificing the things that your flesh desires and living like Christ. Amen? And Paul's now saying, get out of this junk. Guys, look, open your eyes, see what's taking place. Amen? But Paul's fervently emphasizing this in a letter before he gets there, to, uh, b- before the, the fire of God is, is unleashed when he gets there. Amen? I believe that God was allowing Paul to write this out, maybe to get some of that passion out before he got there. Or I should say the intensity. Amen? But God is instructing the people through this letter. How's it coming? It's coming through inspiration by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Was there any scripture that was saying, oh, Paul, you must go to Corinth and you must, you know, deal with this and this. There was no scripture. It was the passion of the Holy Ghost from what was on the inside. Amen? There was a fire that Paul was moving with. Part of what, you know, what we're hearing this morning through, through Pastor Lena is that, that where your foot is trotting, there should be something happening. It isn't just this magical or this, you know, elusive thing that we're, you know, just imagining that where our foot trods, that there's something that, poof, is happening. We have to see it in our, in our minds that they're in the supernatural where our foot goes, that there is the, the glory re- residing on the inside, that where we step, where we trod, that the glory of God is there with us. That there's something being established. That as we're stepping into the darkness, where we're stepping where there's that unrighteousness, where there's that that climate of unrighteousness or perversity or whatever it may be, that where we're stepping our foot, that the glory of God is 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 just residing and is just is destroying the the work of the evil one and the the, the ungodly atmosphere where we're where we're stepping. Amen. But we have to see it is that it's not us. It's through the, the glory of God residing. Where's that glory come in? Where's that glory of God fill us? Just a, bring a passion that there's a, an anointing that comes through a very presence of being with him. It's in our intimacy with him. It's in that time of being devout and studying the word of God. And it's being filled by the Holy Ghost. Being filled with his presence. Being filled as we're reading it. Not just to get through the scriptures and just do our daily necessity. But getting in to know him. To know his word. To know what he wants for you. To know his, his promises. To know his, uh, his leadings and his instructions and his, his, his very nature of what he wants you to do. His plans and purposes, pursuits. So that you can get on with living for him and knowing what you're supposed to be doing. And where you're supposed to be going. And who you're supposed to speak to. But it's that infilling, as we're reading the word of God, the working of the Holy Ghost filling us with his presence. In that time that we're praying that he's, we're allowing him to speak to our heart, to give us that direction, to give us that encouragement, 
And we're praying to our Father God in heaven. And the Holy Ghost is now that uh, arbitrator or that, that bridge, if I could say it this way, that's given the very heart of him, hearing the Father God and speaking to our hearts. But where we're f- our foot is treading, that there's something that's happening. It's no power that I have. It's the presence and the power of God that comes through Christ. Because where the, we know that wh- wherever Christ is, every knee must bow. Amen? And if Christ is in me, Christ is in you, things have to change. Amen? Paul, I want to just emphasize something right now. Paul says, though, what we read in in many of his epistles, Galatians, Ephesians, Corinthians, he addresses it, that, that there's something that's happening that is among the people that he keeps on visiting. And there's this flesh nature and this spirit nature that seem to be fighting against each other. And that wherever that we're stepping or going, sometimes we might not have effectiveness like we should because we're allowing too much flesh things to happen in our lives. And God is wanting us to get our attention on how we live. So Paul goes on here, here, and as we continue to read, And Paul's addressing, why? Because what was happening there in Corinth is these people with the false teachings, doctrines, and all that stuff had some goofy things that they were bringing in that had to do a lot of things with the flesh and working things through the flesh and, and with all these other weird gods and things that are out there that it deals with a lot of flesh acts and things that are, that take place. Now that's flesh ruled flesh moved, inspired by principalities, demons, doctrines, and things that control you through the flesh and not through the spirit. So there's something uh, that Paul addresses almost every single epistle about the flesh being at enmity with the spirit. Because we should be spirit-led, spirit-driven, spirit-inspired, stirred, and and, and speaking, the, being demonstrating the Holy Ghost through the Spirit of God, not the flesh. Amen? Because God is Spirit. So if God's wanting to speak to people and speak to others, He's going to speak through the Spirit. Amen? That's why we need to get to know His voice. Understand His leading and guiding on the inside. The spirit of God, our spirit man, allowing the spirit of God to speak and getting to know that voice, understanding how he leads us and guides us. Why? Because where he wants our foot to trod, he wants to do something and not have to worry about the fact that it's our flesh speaking and our mind and mental sin, but it's him moving and speaking through us. Why? Because it comes through the guiding of the, of the word of God and the leading of the Holy Ghost. The inspiration of what we're reading. The inspiration of what he's speaking to us when we're in that personal time with him. Amen? So Paul's addressing this in a letter to the church of Corinth. Guys, these goofy people are trying to stray you away from what you've been taught. 
what's been preached to you. And that's the, the, the preaching about Christ and being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. So Paul goes on. And he goes to, uh, let's go to chapter 7. So therefore, having these promises, which we just mentioned in chapter 6 at the end here. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Paul. Are you telling me that we can cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit? Is that interesting or what? Paul saying, cleanse yourselves. There's an act that we all have as believers that we all have to do. And it's taking this step. It's taking that initiative. It's taking that responsibility in meeting our Savior face to face. Cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. That cleanse that we have to take part in is meeting Jesus face to face. How can we clean spirit? We can't. It only can come through him, through his blood, through that time that we're spending with him. Experience. I've shared this, and you guys have heard my testimony. Being a teenager, and I had that tugging of the Holy Ghost on the inside, bringing that, that dividing line, that, that plumb line, as it were. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, get rid of all the stuff in your life that is of the world. All the things, those little treasures, those little fleshly things that I had, you know, my, my little tape recordings on, yes, I'm that old, just, you know, the, ta- the tape recordings that I would throw into the little cassette recorder and record all those club musics and your know, club music on that radio station and all those things that my parents always said, you better not have this junk being played, but I still did it anyway. The club music, you know, this, that, all these other little things, the TV, little programs and stuff like that, that were so, you know, satisfying to the flesh. You know, y'all know the, the little Kims, or, or not the little Kims, the, the uh, uh, Kimmy, uh, whatever, the club music, all this stuff, right, if you're into it. But if not, but whatever. So, but all these things, but the point is this, God drew a dividing line in my heart to separate I didn't really come to this. Oh, you said this in 2 Corinthians from through Paul to the church of Corinth. No, there was a, 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 a moving on the inside. The Holy Ghost speaking to me, drawing me. I was brought up in a Christian home. I accepted Christ, but I was living like the world. Not exactly. You know, I, I was like this. I was, here's the fence. <laughs> This is this feels so good when I'm listening to this. But oh, I know this is right. Oh, yeah, but I love the. I was on that dividing line. 
And so God was getting my attention. Why? Is it to pull me out and make me special? No, it was because I was a believer in Christ and God wanted me to live my life right. And that was the bottom line. And that whole point of what has taken place now is that God was trying to get the church, the church of Corinth, get their attention. All this stuff that's leading in the flesh, get rid of it. Come out of all that. Be separate out of all this stuff, these goofy teachings and this goofy stuff that leads the flesh to destruction. Paul's saying, live right. Get separate from all this stuff. Amen? So that part of that cleansing was this. Me taking that, that, that correction from the Holy Ghost and doing something with it. Allowing him to speak to my heart, correct me, accept it, and do something about it. Allow him to speak, correct, and do something about it. Get rid of the things that don't need to be in your life. Get rid of the things that should not be in your life, that are holding you back from being where God wants you to be. Getting rid of the things that, are, uh, uh, that could have a control or a, a sleight of hand to keep you in the promises that you need to be walking in. Get rid of the world. Get rid of the fleshly things. Amen? Hello. Cleanse yourself. Come before your Savior. Come before the Father God. Before the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, teach me. Isn't that what the Holy Spirit's here for? To help to teach, counsel, lead, to guide, to to correct, bring reproof. Amen? Holy Spirit, work in me, please. So are we going to hear the word only? Are we going to hear the word only? Or hear the word only and not do anything with it? Like we see in James, not just being hearers only, but doing. You know, I didn't just break the tapes because, you know, that was just, ah, I'll get rid of it. No, I just felt that unction of the Holy Ghost on the inside to break all the tapes to get rid of it. Like there was like something that like spiritually within me that totally just there was like a spiritual like control broken off when I took those things and there was like a, an action that I was doing when I was breaking these tapes. Yes, I was breaking them. But there was something on the inside spiritually that was getting rid of stepping out of breaking through the control, the bondage that he had me in. Amen. It was just an act, a leading of the Holy Ghost that I had for me to step out of, to break through the bondage I was in. Amen? We've been hearing some awesome teaching through the books that our pastors have been giving us, right? With spiritual darkness and things, getting that out of our homes and stuff. That was something for me right there. An act that needed to be taken place in my life for freedom. For freedom.
I could have just heard the leading and not made a choice to follow the voice of God. Be obedient to the Holy Ghost. But I chose differently. Amen? Why? Because I knew that God had my heart hook, line, sinker. He had my attention. And part of that leading, that, that counseling, that correcting, that reproof was, if you continue, you will fa- fall out of my hands. Right? That's the leading that I had. This, the voice of, of the Holy Ghost on the inside. What do you want for your future? And I, I felt the, 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 the fear of God in that right there. There was a, a fear of God that came on my life right there. Like, I need to make a choice. I need to make a decision. God brings us into that place of making that choice. God brings us, you know, the word's being preached right now. We can read about what Paul's taught and preached and all that stuff, but it's the Holy Ghost that leads us and speaks to us individually. And in that, we need to follow that voice, and obedience is key. Obey what the Holy Ghost, what God is, is teaching you or leading you or trying to put into your heart. Obey the voice of God. Amen? Amen. 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 <clears throat> Glory. Verse 2. Open your hearts to us. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have cheated no one. I do not say this to condemn, for I have said before that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, Donia, sorry, our bodies had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts. Inside were fears. Nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. Titus is, had, um, they believe, was the one that was delivering this letter to the Corinth. Amen? This Second Corinthians. The second epistle. And not only by his coming, but also by the consolation with which he has comforted in you. When he told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced even more. For even if I made you sorry with my letter, I, did not, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it. Paul was writing this letter. I'm telling you, I I believe that Paul was writing this letter through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and probably was so intense in this, not because of the people, but because of the the corruption and the false doctrine and teaching that was coming in to steal, to kill, destroy. Amen? I believe that Paul was writing this with such intensity and probably at one point, like he was saying right here, that, that he was regretting the fact that he was writing this. But yet he didn't because he knew that it was so important for them to hear. For I perceive, and this is uh, verse 8, uh, the second half here. For I perceive that the same epistle made you sorry, though only for a while. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorry led to what? 
repentance. For you are made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. For observe this very thing, that you sorrowed in a godly manner. What diligence it produced in you. What clearing of yourselves. What indignation. What fear. What vehement desire. What zeal. What vindication in all things you proved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Therefore, although I wrote to you, I did not do it for the sake of him who had done the wrong nor for the sake of him who suffered wrong, but that our care for you in the sight of God might appear to you. Paul preached and he wrote this to the church of Corinth. I bet while he was in there, in between the 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, probably completely just totally uh, thrown off his rocker when he saw what was going on. And meeting it face to face with passion. And preaching against what was taking place, that the people might hear what, what, how they were living was wrong. What they were doing was wrong. And sorrow was brought to their heart. If I could say it this way, the fear of God was probably uh, preached through that message so that they could catch that fear of God. Inspiration of the Holy Ghost being preached If I could say it this way, the care of God for them was preached in a way that they could hear the severity of their condition so that they would make the choice to change and repent. I believe that sometimes we all need to hear the the word of God, the inspiration of God, preached a little hard sometimes so that it would bring us to, to the place that we would make a choice to repent. Amen? Sometimes it's hard to hear when a hard word is preached and taught. But when it's inspired by the Holy Ghost, for what? Because people care for us. Because people care about our condition and how we're living for God. And if we're not living right, if, we're, if we have even just maybe a small adjustment in our life that needs to be made and it's still preach hard so that we would get on the page where we need to be. It's because the people that are preaching and teaching don't want to just give a hard message. You know, preach a powerful, you know, fire of God message. It's because they care for you and I. With the love of God, they care for you. With the love of God, they care for us. Because they don't want us to lead into a life that is full of the flesh, full of destruction, falling off the side of the fence that we shouldn't fall off on, but make a decision to get on the right side of the fence. Can I tell you something? Our pastors do that for us. They have wonderful messages. They have sometimes hard messages. How do we receive it? Our our parents, spiritual parents, our pastors care for us and love us. Amen? 
And sometimes we might not like what we hear. And sometimes it's hard. Why? Because our flesh just doesn't want to hear it. But it's the inspiration of God. We need to trust the Holy Spirit in our pastors. Amen. And this isn't a this isn't a message to you know to boost up our our trust in our pastors. But we need to take maybe a little bit of uh, self reflection. Maybe on some of the messages and some of the things that we have heard from God through our pastors. Say, you know what? God, maybe that was you trying to get my attention. Maybe trying to make me alert, aware. Maybe make the adjustment on the inside where I feel like that I was, uh, you know, that wasn't for me. That wasn't this. That wasn't that. Oh, it's this again, it's that again. But maybe, you know what? Have a hearing ear to hear the Spirit of God. You know, it was emphasized so much when we were in Bible school in Oklahoma that we should really keep our hearts protected from the person given the message so that we can hear the message. Because if we get familiar and we start to look at the outward thing, person, individual giving the message, we can automatically put on this uh, almost like a, a, an attitude or a, a, a wall because of what we see on the outward rather than hearing from the inward. We have to really be careful on how we judge the person that's given a message, whether it's here, whether it's in a conference, whether we have guest ministers in, we have to guard our heart against attitudes and other things of who's given the message. Lay those things aside so that we can hear the message. We don't just have people come in to give good messages. We have guest ministers that are seasoned, that are come in to give the word of God for this house. Because God, if I could say, kind of handshapes each congregation in personal ways, individual ways. Amen. And God may want to say something to the congregation down the street to help them. God may want to say something maybe a little different to help this house. All in all, God is trying to bring the, the, bri- the bride, the body together. Amen. But what that house may need might be different than what this house needs. So what God, who God brings into this house is for the instruction admonition, the teaching, the leading, the counseling for this house. Amen? To help shape, to help bring into perspective where we need to be. Amen? And what we are doing. 
But I thank God for our pastors and for the guest ministers and those that, that God puts here before us. Amen? Those that have the opportunity to be able to speak in any fashion, whatever capacity it may be, is because of the preaching, the teaching that we've sat under. Amen? I wouldn't have made the choices to follow after God if it weren't for hearing, not mom and dad, hearing the pastors that God put me under. Hearing those guest ministers that came in to teach, to preach. Why? Because I, I knew that through teaching in the home that I needed to keep my heart pliable for God, open to hear from him, so that every time I heard the word preached, I didn't have a, a, a wall from God speaking to me. But I allowed the Holy Ghost to speak to me, despite what I heard being preached, and sometimes I didn't like it because I knew it was piercing my heart. But I still kept myself open to hear the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need to hear and not just then let it sit in our head. Do something with it, make it a heart change. Amen. We can have our hearts pricked and, and, you know, maybe push and things like that where uh, uh, I know I know that that's me right there. That's me. God, you're speaking to me. You know what I'm doing. You know what I'm how I'm living my life or what I'm doing or where I need to be. That's me. God, you got me. I need to do something with it. I need to make change happen. God can lead us to the trough to drink the water. He ain't going to force us to drink it. We need to make that choice. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I ask you right now that you would just resound this message in our hearts. That as we leave this place, that God, that you would just continually remind us of what we've heard today. Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would be that that constant reminder. That you would allow us to see if there's anything in our lives that need to be changed. The Holy Spirit, if there's things that we need to adjust and make that adjustment, the Holy Ghost, you are the great teacher. You are the great counselor, the great guidance. We ask you that you would lead us and guide us. Show us the things that need to be changed and how to make those changes necessary. I thank you, Holy Ghost, that you are leading us and to be the imitators of Christ that we need to be to live as Christians, ones that believe and follow after Christ. So Holy Spirit, have your way in us. Thank you, Lord, 
for the sacrifice that you made, poured yourself out despite the, the adversity, despite what people had thought about you, despite the, the, the conditions and everything that was surrounding you. You gave yourself up for all of us, for all of mankind, with such boldness, without any fear. I thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for the price that you paid for us. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Lord, we praise you. We exalt you. We lift your name high, Lord. You are worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be glorified, Lord. There is no other name like your name in all heaven and all earth, Lord Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. Worthy, worthy, worthy.